This episode of Horror Movie Talk is made possible by listeners like you. Hello and welcome to Horror Movie Talk, an opinionated and accidentally funny horror movie review show. Your schlubby hosts each week are Bryce Hansen, the cool, collected nihilist, and David Day, an angry man who is always calm. New theatrical releases always get priority, but we also review older horror movies, both good and horrible. I'm Bryce Hansen. I'm David. Hey, where am I? Let's do an effect. And I. Because why not? I'm Bryce Hansen. And I'm David Day. (laughs) Uh, We like sounds. I've been playing around with the effects on this thing probably a little too much, and I still don't remember where anything is. If there were a way to synthesize my voice into just fart sounds, that would be great. If oh, we could, man. If we could just kind of morph it into a bunch of toots, that'd be great. I'm not sure that we'd be able to tell a difference. <laughs> you, you guy. <laughs> so, uh, first off, let's just plug our website, horrormovietalk.com. Very easy to remember. Go there for links to all our social media, as well as links to all the different podcast platforms that you can subscribe on. We post new episodes every Wednesday, so please subscribe, and if you can, leave a review of the podcast on iTunes. We got a great show today. Great show. We're going to be talking about The Dead Don't Die. This was this came up so quiet in my feed, and... Man, and and I and I was like, ah, oh, another another corny meta zombie zombie movie. This is gonna be. I don't care about this. Oh, look, they got Bill Murray. That's kind of cool. But man, it did not disappoint. I got to tell you, I'm really glad we went to go see this movie. I'm excited for this episode. This is gonna be a good episode. Yeah, we had originally scheduled Child's Play, the original, to get ready for the remake next week that comes out. Yeah, and uh, I mean, I guess this week if you're listening. To us right now um but the dead don't die was coming out i knew that it was going to be kind of a limited release and so i wasn't sure i think the only theater that i saw it advertised being opened in was cinema 21 in portland it's like it's kind of a hassle to drive all the way in yeah um but yeah the trailer's really great (laughs) it won me over i'm like yeah we gotta we kind of gotta see this movie and we've seen success with uh kind of more art house horror movies in terms of downloads so yeah. I, I wanted to make sure that we covered it um the thing about the thing about it is this is this really is like uh this is a very well-made and and well-intentioned like with a good with a good point behind it you know it's got an interesting social commentary right that's good yeah it's a really yeah we'll we'll how, how we go about our episodes are is about let's do this again so how it works here at horror movie talk is we start out giving a brief review and our score for the movie we score on a scale of one to ten one being a miserable dredge where it makes you angry that you just watched it five being a completely average film that hits all the expected marks but doesn't excite you or delight you in any way and ten being so good that it transcends the horror genre boundaries in importance. Um, after we give our score, we'll get into spoilers and take a deeper dive into what we liked and hated about the film. And then later on, we have a couple bits where we'll be doing taglines, perennial favorite, as well as 
covering some horror movie news. There's a couple of really cool items um, that came out just this last week and a half or so that I'm excited about talking about with you. So let's get into the review. We saw The Dead Don't Die, and it's a lot of things. It's a meta, dark, social, commentary, comedy, zombie horror movie from Jim Jarmusch. And we liked it. Yeah. Here is the trailer. In this peaceful town, on these quiet streets, something terrifying, something horrifying is coming. Excuse me, we're closed. This is really awful. Maybe the worst thing I've ever seen. What was it, wild animals? So what are you thinking? I'm thinking zombies. What? You know, the undead. Ghouls. You look gorgeous. Oh my. Are you in this together? Flesh-eating zombies. Don't joke, it's really, really creepy. Oh, man, this isn't going to end well. They gravitate towards things they did when they were alive. Coffee. Chardonnay. Did she just say Chardonnay? Yeah, she did. Welcome to my world, zombies. I've been telling you this is all going to end badly. Well, that's unfortunate. I'm quite confident of my ability to defend myself against the undead. I can see that. Excuse me. Those are some pretty good cuts. You played some minor league ball, didn't you? Well, um, a little class A. It was a long time ago. So The Dead Don't Die can be found in theaters now. The film is set in Centerville, USA, a real nice place. Quote, in quotes. Uh And follows two police officers, Chief Cliff Robertson, played by Bill Murray, and Ronnie Peterson, Peterson, played by Adam Driver. The dreamy Adam Driver. Mm Mm-hmm. Their sleepy routine of handling minor misdemeanors in the sleepy town is disturbed by a grisly double homicide at the town's one and only cafe. Since Centerville is such a nice place, the first assumption is that it's some animal, or several animals, that did it. But Ronnie Peterson correctly guesses... I'm thinking zombies. What? You know, the undead. Ghouls. Ghouls. (laughs) Fucking love how he says ghouls. 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 I mean, you had to cast Adam Driver just for the pronunciation of that word. Ghouls. 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 Um, Apparently, uh, polar fracking that they've been hearing about on the news has inadvertently caused the Earth to go off-axis and... The dead to rise from their graves. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's just one of those. It's just one of those things when the earth starts spinning funny. <coughs> Morty, <laughs> you, 
the earth starts spinning funny and then all kinds of natural shit gets all fucked up. Uh, what follows is a great mix of fourth wall breaking, social commentary, and sardonic comedy horror. This movie has a definite indie feel, which isn't too surprising since writer-director Jim Jarmusch has made a whole career staying on the edges of mainstream. This is actually the first film that opened, first film of his that opened in more than 300 theaters. Wow. And I was going to say, like, in the beginning that it's in, you know, it's in select theaters because I think there's only two around here that have it running. Yeah, that would make sense. Um so regardless um regardless eh? you <laughs> you have likely seen or heard of some of his other films such as Broken Flowers, Ghost Dog, The Way of the Samurai. That's the only one that I've actually seen. I haven't seen or heard of any of these. Um I don't. Dead Man starring Johnny Depp and recently Only Lovers Left Alive which was starring Tilda Swinton and it was like a zombie or not uh it was a vampire movie mm. romance thing mm. looked pretty interesting um i'm gonna have to go back and watch some of these i've been wanting to watch broken flowers for a long time but why well, i haven't seen it bill murray it's supposed to be pretty good um but not great yeah <laughs> so you know I haven't, I haven't really watched it it's usually on netflix or amazon prime and i just haven't gotten around to it bill murray's reached that kind of level of uh weird like almost um it's 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 a level of fame that I don't I, I don't it's it's unprecedented you know it's he's not he's not he's kind of like an urban legend that's alive and moves through people's lives and uh, and it's impressive to me that anyone can get him to actually work on anything now you know it's reached that point where I'm like he's not really an actor anymore he's more of a uh like an extra special person who just moves around the earth spreading joy kind of ghost dog like i said that's the only one i watch starring forrest whitaker as a urban samurai is <laughs> basically like a if i can remember right maybe like a hitman but he is really into the way of the samurai like the writings of uh was that tao te tao te ching that oh. book. Um, anyways, uh, the film, this film, actually features eight actors that have worked in previous Jarmish films, which has resulted in an embarrassment of riches, including Tilda Swinton, Steve Buscemi, Tom Waits, Chloe Savini, Rosie Perez, and Riza. Riza. Woo woo. The dialogue is as dry as a Mormon wedding, but the world and characters that Jim Jarmusch has created are as charming as the prototypical little American town that Centerville represents. Actually, there is a Centerville, Utah, by the way. That doesn't surprise me. <laughs> it is a precisely written, directed, and acted movie. There is very little fat, but the story and dialogue is given plenty of room to breathe. I'd hesitate to say that general audiences will enjoy this movie as much as Avengers Endgame, but I think there is truly something for everyone. There were many moments throughout that delighted me, and I found myself laughing out loud as well as feeling intense existential dread. <laughs> While watching it, my score kept going up and up. I highly recommend it. I give it a nine out of ten. Yeah, I don't think that's um, I don't think that's unfair at all. Uh, I'm curious to know. Uh, what 
What caused you the feelings of ex- of intense existential dread? Um, we'll get into it. I mean, it's kind of the thesis of the movie, like what it's talking about. Right. The social commentary okay, is good. like something that causes me existential dread. Right. Just when I start thinking about it. Okay, good. Then we're on the exact same plane right, here. Right. Um, um, so the, the other thing, like, <laughs> I felt vindicated because we, we had a conversation about how, like, this is not for general audiences and, mm-hmm. and, and you pushed back a little bit of, about it. I think, I think we agree that there's a lot that a lot of people can enjoy in this movie, but in terms of general audiences, people that are going to go see, you know, Godzilla, King of the Monsters or something, or, or Avengers Endgame is probably like the best example because it made more money than God, but Zilla. <laughs> but I, I read a review on Dread Central, which gave it like a two out of four stars and said like, oh, it's so slow. Wow. It's like, oh, it's boring. It's the most boringest movie. And it doesn't. It doesn't give credence to zombie movies. It's like he's never seen a zombie movie. Oh my god! Oh my god! I know. Okay, now I'm like this oh. is now this is where I'm starting. I'm taking offense <laughs> at this point. I've I was mentioning to Bryce while we were watching the trailer. I've seen every fucking zombie movie ever made. I did it to death for years. All I watched was zombie movies. Like, and this. This is a trope breaking, like a trope shattering zombie movie, but in a lot of different ways, in a lot of the same ways that that Shaun of the Dead is and was, but it goes even beyond that. Like it, it breaks the essential tropes of zombie movies, which is of such a breath of fresh air. And if if you're a, I'll just say this: if you're a fan of Shaun of the Dead, this is. This is better than Shaun of the Dead. I'll I'll say that out loud with it's, my mouth. Well, it's right a very now. different movie than Shaun of the Dead. It is a very it different. Re- the trailer reminded me a lot of Zombieland. It was like very kind of tongue in cheek, winking at the camera. I can't remember if if Zombieland actually acknowledges zombies. Um, no, no, none of them do. That's that's the that's the quintessent that's the main trope I'm talking about which right. is but uh but let's getting back to my quick uh quick review ideas thoughts um I agree with most of what you said I don't disagree with any of what you said and and I really I was just uh this was a breath of fresh air it was really fun and well acted and and it had all the essential bits to make it interesting and intense as well. Right. You know, like Tilda Swinton <laughs> was so hardcore and badass in this movie. It it didn't even feel contrived. It did at first when she, when they first introduced her character. I was like, she seems a little tryhardy, and then she just fell right into it. I mean, that's the thing about movies like this is that. You you can you can say it's very contrived because it is well like, sure just the whole style kind horror of is, in general uh, is, is a little contrived well yes but this this whole like kind of Cohen brothers right indie yeah. dialogue kind of thing um, Wes Anderson type it's it feels very contrived because it is very controlled and it's yeah. like trying to do a very specific thing right. Um, but 
it's amazing when it's done well. Yes. Like when you can have something so precise and so um, specific yeah. <laughs> and like cutting out all of the the um, unessential extraneous fat levels that are really like crutches for yeah. entertainment. Yes. Um, it's really impressive when it's pulled off and not pretentious. That's that's the danger of, of movies like this. And and that that one review just basically said like, oh, this is so pretentious. And it's like, yeah, I I get it. And I could see how people would say that about this movie, but I don't know. I've seen real pretentious movies, and this one is it's not. not that. Yeah, it's not that. And but you know, I'm having a real hard time between a nine and a ten here because I don't think I don't think it's it's that that ultimate total genre breaking right boundary breaking movie. It's it's definitely got a lane. Yeah, but um, if it's it, okay, I'll so I'll go a nine. But it is the highest nine. It's nine point nine 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 nine. You know, uh, it's it just it is not. It doesn't. It's not sitting in the right lane to be a, a 10. Right. But everything else about it is perfect. Yeah. Um, so that's that's our review. So what's what you scored? Oh, yeah, you just gave it. 9.99999. So we're doing things a little different. I'm trying to see like how this feels doing a mid-roll mm-hmm. for uh, self-plugging. It worked well, so we, so I we think, in the perfection. Get into, get into the content a little. But now that you're here... Now I have you captive for our self-promotion! <laughs> please help me. Uh, please, please, God, please, give us your money. <laughs> Do it, please. please. Visit, visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash horrormovietalk, or you can go to our website, horrormovietalk.com, and click on the button in the banner. Um, we'll talk at the very end a uh, little more about... You know what that entails, but right now we have one tier, and it's the horror movie talk founding member. And if you get in on the ground floor, I think we're only going to be doing it for this month, the rest of this month, and then we're going to be adding some more tiers. But if you become a horror movie talk founding member, you will have access to all of the added content for in all, perpetuity for all the tiers, as long as as long as you're a, a patron. Do we have a way to do? Is there a way to actually do that? Uh huh. Does that that okay? Yep. You can do that. Uh, you can support the podcast. Also, if you are going to spend any money on Amazon by clicking through the Amazon button in the banner of our website, um, any money you spend on Amazon after clicking on that button, uh, renting a movie or buying a movie, maybe we mention a movie in in the review today that you're like, I should see that. Maybe I should go see Ghost Dog. We'll go to Amazon and rent it after clicking through our banner, and we'll get a little slice of that. Very nice. Also, Shudder, Shudder.com, S-H-U-D-D-E-R, um, is a horror movie streaming platform akin to Netflix. You might have heard it, have heard about it if you're a horror movie fan. Well, you can use the code HMT at checkout to get a 30-day free trial as opposed to the shitty seven-day free trial that they normally... Fucking seven-day free trial, man. I want to kill it. And I honestly... This is just a service to you. Uh, We don't get anything from it (laughs) other than our gratitude towards Shudder. Yeah. 
And uh, if you another way you can support the show non monetarily that really really does help us out a lot is by first of all subscribing and rating it. And so if you if you rate us on iTunes or Stitcher or any place where you listen to podcasts that helps out a ton. But also if you share our our episode posts, we post you know we post on Facebook, Twitter. Uh, uh, every episode. If you share that with your social network, that helps us out a tremendous amount. So even if you can't support us monetarily, because we do this for free, y'all get just a bunch of just a bunch of just free content delivered to you every week. And we do it out of the uh, out of our love for horror movies and and you guys. So the least you can do is just hit a share button. You fucking guy, gal. <laughs> Jesus Christ. No, but we do appreciate you, and please do share. Yeah, thank you. Well, that's enough for self-promotion. Thanks again for listening. Let's get into spoilers. Spoilers. Okay, now I can talk. Uh, so the movie opens on a graveyard with the cops lazily driving through it and going into the woods. And Bill, probably like one of the first first lines is, Is that you, Hermit Bob? <laughs> and I am on board with any movie with a character named Hermit Bob. Yeah, Hermit Bob was great. Played by Tom Waits. Yeah. Tom Waits is now he's just making just cameo after cameo in these in these you know so the last thing I remember him being in is um, that Coen Brothers Netflix deal um, what was that the the uh, the the ballad of the ballad of Sturgill Simpson no yeah uh, the ballad of the ballad of some the, guy the ballad of some guy <laughs> on Netflix. Um, you all, that's all you need to, s- to search for is the ballad of, and then you and then you'll get it. Here but, you talk about him. I'll I'll find the title. Yeah, but uh, he didn't play. The, he played basically the same character in in that the uh, ballad of Buster Scruggs. Buster Scruggs. Thank you. Yeah, he 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 was a uh, gold miner in a short in a short story in the ballad of Buster Scruggs. Uh, old prospector with the old prospector beard and a little donkey, and he's panning for gold. and And he played a guy who uh, basically looked the exact same. He <laughs> looked he looked just like the way Tom Waits looks now, which is like a hermit named Bob, Hermit Bob. <laughs> and uh, and he didn't have a gold panning um, thing, and he didn't have a little donkey. But other than that, he was he was that guy. Instead, he had a he had a the barrel of a rifle mounted to a two by four <laughs> with a little with a little trigger on the side. Mm-hmm. It was pretty cool. Yeah, so it's it's a great cameo by Tom Waits. the <laughs> The crime that they're investigating is. Hermit Bob is accused of stealing one of Farmer Miller's chickens. Yeah. It's and so quaint. It's the, the quaintness is off the levels. Yeah, the, the you're introduced to this town Centerville and their their town slogan in quotes is a real nice place. Yeah. <laughs> so like they they go and 
tried to talk to Hermit Bob, and Hermit Bob shoots at him, and Adam Driver's like, you know, shouldn't we uh, take him in for shooting at us, the cops? And Bill Murray's character's like, meh. Mm. It's, I don't even think he took the chicken. I mean, Farmer Farmer Miller is such an asshole. Such a dick. <laughs> so, I mean, you're already, like, and then getting sucked into this world of hermit bob and farmer miller and then as as they're wa- as the two cops are walking away to leave hermit bob alone they're walking away and hermit bob yells at bill murray he's like hey fuck you <laughs> it's like a, it's like we're agreeing to let each other be but also there's a minor amount of animosity right like it's almost fuck you with a wink and a nod like we yeah. didn't like it. We didn't hang out with each other in high school, and now we're old men, and <laughs> you can exist, but fuck you. <laughs> yeah. So as they're driving back, daylight seems off. It's like eight or nine o'clock at night. And it's starting to get late. They're like, daylight savings is weird. It's like still, it feels like the middle of the afternoon still. Yet another reason why daylight savings is stupid. And uh, their watches stop working for some reason. Electronics are going weird. And then Adam Driver has the line, yeah, something weird is going on. <laughs> he's, he's, it's very, it's very like, uh, self-aware. A lot, especially Adam Driver's character is the most self-aware. Adam Driver's lines in this, character in this movie is the, it is the thoughts of the movie. Right. right. The, he is he is this movie incarnated into a character. And so he will progress the story appropriately by saying very overt things like <laughs> this is not going to end well. Like this is not <laughs> going to end well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean it's obviously you can hear from the trailer that it's it's going to break the fourth wall a lot a lot it's pretty it's a this is a very meta movie yeah it starts off really meta early on the opening so it has that opening scene and then there's the opening credits featuring the dead don't die the song uh sung by Sturgill Simpson i don't know if it did he write it for this movie or was that an existing Sturgill Simpson song cuz i they've been advertising this as like the theme song for the movie, so I don't know if it existed before. I not. that's a really good question. I didn't even think. I didn't even. Uh, sorry, Dana. I didn't even think about that uh, beforehand, but I guess I should have because because the movie is like a big commercial for Sturgill Simpson. Yeah. <laughs> well, especially for that song, yeah. they play that song about you know fifteen times by the end of the movie. What a beautiful voice that man has. It's he's just he's he's got an angelic country old deep country singer's voice yeah so they so it's like a full-on opening credits i think it's like a crawl i don't think they're showing anything oh yeah that's right they're they're driving through the town yeah and you see yeah basically every location that's going to be featured in the movie so you see the mortuary you see the the hardware store, the hotel, Main the, Street, the Mini Mart, the police station, everywhere that you. I mean, if you're cafe. in if you're in the know about zombie movies, you're just looking at all these locations and like, 
All right. These are all the trope right. places where people would hole up. Right. You got Main Street. You got yeah, the, the graveyard. Very much Main Street, USA. Got the little cafe. Anyway, so they play the the theme song during these opening credits, and then immediately the next scene is them trying to get information about what's going on, what's going weird, and uh, this exchange happens. Hey, Cliff, should we listen to the civilian radio? Sure, go ahead. Oh, the dead don't die anymore than you were. Wow, that sounds so familiar. They're just ghosts inside a dream of a life. What is that song? It's The Dead Don't Die by Sturgill Simpson. Sturgill Simpson. So, I mean. I can't underline the fact that you just listened to this song in the opening credits. Right. They played the full song, and the Adam Driver is, can we listen to civilian radio, which is an awesome line, yeah, throwaway line, and he says, it's the dead don't die. And then what you don't hear from this clip is um, goes, Bill Murray's like, yeah, it sounds really I've familiar. I've heard this before. And Adam Driver's character goes, yeah, it's, it's because it's the theme song. <laughs> Yeah, so immediately yeah. the movie just breaks breaks apart, you know, the the fourth wall. Yeah. Um so they they hear news reports uh talking about, you know, as they're you know, not super concerned about the sun not setting and electronics not working. It's like, "Oh, well, you know, I guess this shit is happening now." As you would they kind of overhear and you see little clips of news reports talking about polar fracking yeah and how it's caused the earth to go off axis yeah and it's so great cuz it has you know the industry experts giving quotes about how you know this is just an opinion you know we're not you shouldn't listen to alarmists and stuff and then it shows these horrific apocalyptic shots of environmental collapse and yeah. like literally it looks like the reenactments of the meteor that made the dinosaurs extinct just yeah fire roll roiling over the hills and then it cuts back to sleepy old centerville, centerville. <laughs> they're like huh all right you know also you know the moon has a weird purple haze around it yeah. and it seems to be kind of spinning <laughs> which which by the way i don't know if you guys have taken a look at the moon recently <laughs> that fucker don't spin uh in accordance that you that you can you can't see that thing spin right so it's i mean it establishes this pretty early on and it was one of these reveals that this is what makes me really love a movie is when it deftly reveals the thesis of the movie okay to where it gives you just enough to understand and then you start thinking in it thinking about the movie in a certain framework and you're like oh wow yeah, yeah. that's great yeah and you mentioned that this was basically the better version of us right us tried to do this right. and 
it worked to a certain extent. It was like, yeah, I kind of get what he was going for. There's a little social commentary and there's enough left up for, you know, interpretation or whatever. This one is just a great example of having a very specific statement. Yes. And using the framework of a zombie movie to make a very good point. Yes. Which is... um, I wrote this down. Ignoring global warming equals zombie movie logic. Right. Which is great. It's like everyone... Like... Everyone should know what's going on. Right. You like, have, when you watch it's a zombie so mo- obvious. When you watch a zombie movie, like your immediate reaction should would be like I'm thinking zombies. <laughs> what? You know, the undead. Ghouls. Like ghouls. If you were you know, how many zombie movies have there been made and every zombie movie doesn't mention zombies? Yeah, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of l- I mean, um, potential things that this movie is 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 hinting at a lot of like technology, like, you know, a, a lot of social commentary from this movie. That's like, hey, you're all you're you are already dead. Right. Like you're not living your life anymore. Right. You just sucked into this phone or you can't you can't stop identifying as Democrat or Republican or you're you know, you you are not alive you know basically yeah i mean there's i guess there are many different ways you can interpret it but i mean specifically for me it was um environmental yeah um irresponsibility specifically global warming as in like the earth is going to die right and you're just going about your business and being like i don't know what can we do yeah yeah and like you should there's a specific course of action you know kill the head <laughs> like right. you need you like there's a specific course of action that people should take and they're just too wrapped up in their own lives and like their their routine and then then the the symbolism of zombies as consumers right which are just destroying everything yeah that's the real that's the you know you could point at this group or that group and say oh it's their fault it's their fault but really really everyone's pretty complicit in the whole thing and and it's no group it is it's it's human it's human nature that's to blame right and all you got to do all you, you know i mean my human nature is to literally sit sit down and do nothing until <laughs> until death approaches. Right. And so and so my like I have to fight that to go make life worthwhile, you know? And and the human race has to fight that to, you know, that inclination of just like, "Oh, I'm going to buy the newest iPhone, buy buy stuff. We need to buy, get accumulate." And it's like, eh, "Isn't the more important thing <laughs> the uh the place you live, the planet that potentially die and i mean not to get too preachy on this whole thing but the movie does does not smash you over the head like we're doing right now the movie is very quiet and and deft about about throwing this this uh, yeah and it's i mean it's not so subtle that you wouldn't notice like very very much the people like kind of in the know 
<laughs> of what's going on and being aware or concerned yeah. are the ones that are driving, you know, smart cars yeah. or electric cars. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there's, it, it's really good stuff. And I know that if you hear us talking about that, and I would be too. It sounds just contrived. Say like, wow, this sounds really pretentious. Yeah. And it sounds like I'm going to get preached to. No, it's like really entertaining and well it plays executed. with the tropes of zombie movies and, and comments on these things and uses it in a new way. I mean, zombie movies, it's always been a feature of zombie movies to to use zombies as a symbol for mindless modern existence. Right. That the zombies are just going through the motions or they're... Hell is full and now it runs over. The gates of hell spill yeah. over into Earth. And even, yeah, just the crowds of people, overpopulation or even consumerists. I don't even think that's a new new thing to come out of the zombie genre. But it's used really well in this movie. Yes, and... Like I got, I got a heavier tone. Uh, like I didn't get as like I did get the environmental um, spin that 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 Bryce got, but I didn't get it as heavy as he got it. My like the thing. I, th- I think that might be. Sorry, I'll let you finish. But like I think the thing with me is that's where my existential dread lies. Right. And so I went much more towards that, and, and I was like, oh god. And my existential dread lies in in. Not in, in not being able to see my blind spots, mm. right? In 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 being so wrapped up into the things that I think are important that I can't see the looming elephant in the room that's really important and it's going to crush me. And uh, and there was a lot of bits in this movie where where they were watching the zombies. The, there was this one particular spot where they were watching Bill Murray and uh, and what's his face were watching the zombies do stuff. And they were like, oh, man, look at them. They're doing the same thing. I, I know who that is. That's this person. Well, she's doing the same thing she did when she was alive. Like, Yeah. So, <laughs> And, the, the, and the, the, well, what that means to me is you're already dead, people. Like, you're not. You think you're living your life, but you're not paying any attention. And you might as well just be a, a dead person. Yeah, it hits a little close to home yeah. on some of those things. Um, I just want to, I wrote this down in my notes. Hermit Bob is living David's best life. Oh man, he really is. Yeah, I have this constant dream of just dropping everything. Like, it's, it's, it's so frequent, and I've had it for so long, of just dropping out of society and driving off into the woods and then walking away from my car and then... I, it's almost like a death fantasy. <laughs> it's almost like, well, if I die, then then that's what was supposed to be kind of thing. Because eventually I, you'll die no matter what. Mm-hmm. Be 60 years, be six months or something right. like that. But at least it will be my the rest of my life will be spent focusing on living, like focusing on trying to stay alive which is <laughs> which is the most important like it simplifies life down to its essential bits you know it it brings everything into focus and allows you a, a, a real clarity because the question of what's the purpose what is all what's the purpose of life in the answer is of course there is no purpose but if you can 
if you can boil it down into something so pure as staying alive, the purpose of life is to live, then that's a beautiful thing. And and Hermit Bob really encompasses that perfectly. Um, how did it make you feel watching him forage for mushrooms? Just pure just warm warm fuzzies yeah i mean he he was just he's living off the land he he had little comments about about other things that didn't quite seem right you know he's walking through his his ant colony that he knew where it was in the forest and he's like the answer doing something <laughs> what are you doing little guys and then he's oh this mushroom shouldn't be here and i know that feeling because it's like you got to look f- for this kind of mushroom in these sorts of places because that's where those mushrooms grow and uh, and he was fine, and you know things are off. And and Hermit Bob was way ahead of the curve, and uh, uh, as far as you know, knowing that something was wrong. Have you ever found like psychedelic mushrooms when you're mushroom foraging? No, um, psychedelic mushrooms. I don't ever look for. So psychedelic mushrooms, I believe, mostly grow in um, cow turds. Oh, really? Um, or 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 in fields where there are cows and stuff. Huh. Um, I think I may be wrong. If I'm wrong, you should let us know. Hop on social media and let yeah. us know. But, uh, but Dave, David goes mushroom foraging every once in a while. He, yeah. He, he's shown me his, his, uh, bounty before. And he's like, yep, this one, this one would cost like $6. If yeah. You bought it uh, at Safeway. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, some of them that, that are around here, the Matsutakis, you can, if you sell, you you can find. I mean, you can make hundreds of dollars in the day um, picking matsutakis because yeah. they they ship them over to uh, to Japan because they look like penises mm-hmm. and uh, and they taste pretty good too. They and Japanese people love their penises. Love those wieners. You know so much that they blur them out and all the porn. God damn it! Yeah, what is that? Why can't I see a wiener over there? <laughs> I can't. I can't decide if that's the best thing. Or worst thing about Japanese porn? Yeah, it's definitely. Hang on. Ah, <laughs> uh, it's definitely one of those things that's so distracting when it happens. When the when you see a, a wiener bl- anything blurred out, you're like, "What's that?" Yeah. You know, so your eye just kind of just naturally goes over there, and. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the, that Japanese porn, man. Uh, I've revealed too much. Um, now people know I watch porn. Oh, Bryce, um, you're so dirty. Um, okay, the other the other part that I saw as social commentary was the the character of Farmer Frank Miller. Farmer Miller, played by Steve Buscemi. And he's a huge asshole. And yeah. we're, it's made very, very clear that that uh, the chief of police was not exaggerating that Farmer Miller is a gigantic asshole. And in the one scene that he has in the diner, yeah, and uh, he's wearing a Keep America White Again hat. Keep America White Again. <laughs> not Not super subtle, but really it shows everyone's teaming up. Everyone hates that guy. Yeah. And... That's their problem is that guy. Right. Causing all the problems in their community. Meanwhile, <laughs> the world is blowing up. Right. And it's like maybe maybe like the 
you know, maybe the whole is the problem, not yeah. the individual. Right. Right. Or the political party or I mean, definitely. I'll, Look, I'll, I'll we, admit that the Republicans are not they do not have a great track record around global warming. But really, is it conservatism? Is that the problem or is it we're all destroying the planet together right. <laughs> and not willing to address it? Right. And and uh, and, you know, it's it's like maybe we could work big to small, <laughs> you know, maybe that maybe the social stuff. That's, you know, pretty under control here in America when you compare it to, I don't know, apartheid that's still going on in, you know, South Africa. That kind of weird shit. Like, uh, maybe. Is that, apartheid still going on I mean, in South there's, Africa? I mean, it's really, there's some really weird shit going on in oh, South well, Africa. Oh, yeah. Right in now. terms of like racial tensions. Yes. Right. Yeah, if Not, you compare if you compare the U.S. to South Africa, or a lot of any place yeah. really, you know, there's there's a few, very few countries that can hang um, in the in being woke. Yeah, and uh, and America, whether you like to admit it or not, is is in that that higher group. But anyway, yeah, long we're, story we're, short, yeah, long story short, the world coming to an end much more important than your neighbor's political views yeah or their you know preferred pronoun man steve buscemi danny glover uh, bill murray adam driver um tilda swinton like this it just smashes you in the face with like damn look at the fucking pull of this movie yeah this will probably be I'll, I will assume Jim Jarmusch's biggest movie. Yeah. Um, because, I mean, that cast is so stellar. And it's like that moment in a real, you know, artistic, creative, independent-minded director to where they cash in right. their career. They're just like, I've gotten to work with a ton of in- interesting people over the course of 30 years. And... I do it my own way. I allow people to be creative and experience something that's not just mainstream, tropey fodder. Transformers 3. And so these directors build up this roster of actors that love them. Right. They're like, I want to work with him again. I mean, look at Woody Allen. I mean... Quentin Tarantino. Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. You know, Wes Anderson. Oh, yeah. Like, all all these people have... And there's a lot of crossover, by the way. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. <laughs> they they have access to these actors, and they can call in favors and not have to pay them top dollar, right? Because because it is it is a privilege to get to work with this guy because look what he does, right? Yeah. Um, so, anyways, he he cashed in like his back catalog of actors in this movie, and it's great. It works out great. Mm-hmm. I mean the. The acting in this is very subtle, and it's uh, appropriate. And I, I wrote down that like there's not a lot of character development, but there doesn't need to be. Or maybe I was just undercutting the character development that there is because they're all very strong characters. There doesn't, and th- you don't have to like talk about backstories. Well, that's the you don't have to talk about like character arcs they're there they exist and they're these type of people right and it's made very clear very quickly that's the advantage of what he chose of of the characters he chose to make they're already strong they don't need a strong backstory because 
because you know these people. You know, the, these are this this character. You know, Bill Murray is the calm, cool, collected guy who's seen it all and is, you know, he's right. he's a life lifer of a cop yeah. who sleeps in the in the jail cell when it's his turn to you know when it's his turn to pull an all nighter at as as part of the very small town police force. Yeah, and it's kind of maybe that's maybe that's what it is. Is it doesn't take a ton of effort to establish personalities, right? As much as it does to establish character types, right? You know, and and so and like, Steve Buscemi's role is a perfect example of that. You, the first thing you see of Steve Buscemi is him sitting in a diner wearing a "Make America White Again" hat, and that's all you need to know about him, right? And you're there, and what other people say about each other, right? Which is, you know, the best way to, you know. Established characters. People talk about Farmer Miller, and he's an asshole. And so you understand that he's an asshole. You see him do a couple actions, say a couple things that establishes, yep, he's an asshole. Uh, he's wearing a Keep America White Again hat. I'm on board. Fuck that guy. Everybody's caught up. Yeah. Um, so anyways, let's get into like the actual zombie part about this zombie movie. So eventually two zombies come out of their graves at night, and they attack two women in the diner one of the zombies is zombie iggy pop i can't believe that that was iggy pop that was iggy pop i'm surprised he's not really a zombie <laughs> is he's he's still alive he outlived david bowie yeah that's crazy um he so they're they go in they there's like a grizzly you know your your typical zombie scene eating flesh He's like ripping out entrails and, but it's still pretty funny. Yeah, it's and at great. the end they're like coffee, <laughs> and they go and like down the the carafes of coffee. Yeah, and walk away with a pot of coffee, and you're like, huh, <laughs> yeah. And that's like the first instance of showing the dead, like, oh, they're just like us. Yeah, they're just like us. <laughs> There's no difference. So they. We've talked about it already, but the zombies in this film really represent consumers. They they each go after what they crave in their former lives, you know, as well as human flesh. On top of being, you know, killers. Yeah, and there's so there's many great examples. Um, Hermit Bob, he's kind of the uh, I don't know if you call it a Greek chorus or just like the commentator, the outside. Yeah, voice that's commentating on what's happening inside. Kind of the sh Centerville. shamanic force. Yeah, he says uh, he, he has a quote gathering in cemeteries and dispersing into the suburbs. Ooh. That was another one. I'm like, hmm. Ooh. Yeah. Um, so a couple examples. There's a scene with a bunch of children zombies that invade the mini, mini mart for candy. <laughs> There's uh, Carol Kane plays a zombie. She's in the trailer. <laughs> She wakes up and she's like, Chardonnay. Chardonnay. There you go. Carol did she Kane, just, man. Did she it's, just say Chardonnay? It's, like, yep. It's been forever since I've seen her in anything. Yeah. Um, she was... Oh, yeah. She played uh, opposite of Bill Murray in Scrooged, if you remember. Uh, I don't. No? Oh, yeah. And obviously, uh, Taxi. Yep. Um, yeah. That's where she got her start. Um, also, zombies invading the hardware store are all saying tools. <laughs> tools. I mean, it's 
it's uh not not super subtle but it's entertaining like ah what's this one gonna say like if you ever go down to the hardware store and you see that guy you know the trope of a man who mm-hmm. stands before you and who's just looking at wing nuts and <laughs> in a trucker hat in a trucker hat open flannel shirt overalls and and he's you know he's looking at that all, that three eighths inch all, all thread, you know and you, and <laughs> and then he heads on over down to the client screwdrivers and he's kind of admiring that but he's he's there you know the that those were the zombies yelling tools, um, <clears throat> so then Bill Murray is called over to the diner in the morning and each cop shows up in term so there's. There's Chief, played by Bill Murray. There's Ronnie, played by Adam Driver. And then there's a third cop, played by Chloe Savini. And each of them, in turn, come in and look <laughs> at the aftermath of the of the grisly homicide. And <laughs> it's so great, because it's they great. use the exact same two shots showing the bodies for each one. And then it goes to their reaction. It's like, I don't know. It, it feels very much like... Um, I don't know. I, it's Adam Driver is so perfect for this movie. His <laughs> his reaction, oh yuck, <laughs> oh yuck. He goes in there, he sees the two dead. Oh yuck. Yeah, and then they're talking about they're like, I mean, who would have done? It looks like an animal might have done it. <laughs> Or maybe several animals. So, like, each of them, in turn, goes into the diner, looks at the bodies, uses the same two shots to show the bodies, and then they come out and have a reaction. What do you suppose almost, did that? Almost every one of them says, like, maybe it was an animal. Maybe several animals. Or several animals. <laughs> and so each of them, in turn, say that until it gets to Adam Driver, in which he, he says, I'm thinking zombies. <laughs> what? You know, the undead. Ghouls. <laughs> Ghouls. Ghouls. Um, so. Oh, yuck. <laughs> uh, pretty quickly, it kind of gets into the full-on zombies, like very, you know, it goes from two zombies to lots of zombies as they're investigating. And Adam Driver, you know, educates everyone to kill the head. Yeah. You just gotta, you gotta kill the head. Cut it off, smash it, or whatever. Um. There, we haven't even mentioned Selena Gomez, but she's in this movie as like a bit part. Yeah, and Selena, man, they had everybody. They, uh, her and her two boys that she was with, got massacred, and in their hotel room. And then uh, Ronnie goes in and cuts off all their heads, and he comes out with Selena Gomez's head, and I couldn't put my finger on it why that was so great, just seeing. Adam Driver holding Selena, Selena Gomez. Gomez's head. decapitated head. Yeah, and how great it looked! It worked really well. You know the uh, the, I, the one I, I want to make sure we don't forget was Riza. Um, wait, wait! Before we get to that, oh, okay, so, all right. Uh, so, like specifically about how great that looked, I saw an interview with Selena Gomez on the Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon, and. She described how they did that. Okay. How did they do that? Um, it was actually my first time really working with prosthetics. So they just they put this huge thing around my neck and they added all this disgusting coloring and gooey stuff all Wait, around. Did they use your real head? 
Yeah. I thought they used like a fake head. No, I was there. And um, <laughs> and basically they sat me on an apple box. Where's Adam? Adam's here? Adam, yes. Well, okay. I'm not going to hold your hand. I'm not going to grab okay. your Well, that's what he did. Off. So Adam had to grab my hair and uh -huh. pull it up so that my head would kind of, you know, do this dangling look. I've never and heard of that. No, it was, well, I don't know how they do it. I just like had fun trying. Yeah. So. And so you're dangling. What are you doing? Just acting like this? He's, he's pulling my hair so tight that yeah. he's just swinging my head and I have to position my body where I go exactly where it's at. Oh gosh, it was hilarious. It was just creepy and really funny. Yeah, it's great. So yeah, it was their actual head. Like that that's one of those things that's so That's cool. Like, I mean, a little more care because I mean how no how matter, easy no matter, would it have been? No matter how good you make a fake head, it always looks like a fake head. Yeah. And there's certain circumstances where a, a fake-looking, like where a, an animatronic head is disturbing in and of itself. Right. In its own particular way, you know, in like the thing kind of way where it's just like, ugh. That's definitely not real, but I don't like what it is, <laughs> you yeah. know. But the, it definitely looked great and was well executed in this movie. Yeah. So let's talk about some of the other bit characters. You wanted to talk about RZA. RZA. Oh, man. Uh, what a fucking incredible cameo by RZA, because he's the UPS driver, but it's not called UPS, it's called... Woo-P-S. Woo-P-S. <laughs> See, I didn't, even, I didn't even connect it. I was thinking, oh, it's whoops, like they... <laughs> They throw your package, so it's like, whoops. Oh, that's... I didn't even connect the Wu-Tang Clan to it. That's a good way to view it, but no, it's definitely... It is... I mean, that's that right. too, but it's definitely Wu, uh, Wu-Tang Clan. <laughs> and uh, and he, he, was, he, he was going around uh, delivering packages and wisdom to to all of his uh all of his round on on you know his rounds delivering packages mm -hmm. the, the comic book store guy was like hey man oh man i, I have it written down i'm i'm pretty sure i do <clears throat> oh i didn't even mention farmer miller but i didn't play this clip is our plan to inform people about the zombie danger before it gets dark? I guess so. Because we passed Farmer Miller's place a little while ago. Do we need to inform him? Fuck Farmer Miller. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Um, the, other, the other main character that we got to talk about is, is uh, Zelda Winston, played by Tilda Swinton. Yes. And uh, she's the, what would you call it, coroner? Or mortician. Yeah. Um, she's, she runs the... She's new in town, and everyone thinks she's really weird because it's Tilda Swinton, and Tilda Swinton is weird. And it's like, basically, um, Tilda Swinton times 10 if she's Scottish. Right. And so she plays this Scottish mortician with ridiculous makeup, and she... What's, shown, what's like, ridiculous about the makeup? I don't know. I don't know what. It's so, there's so much, it's, she, she's, she's made up, she's a pretty, like, pretty you know, fair skinned gal. Do you ever go on YouTube and uh, you go to like the top trending videos and you see that guy, Jeffrey Starr? No. <sighs> He's, I just watched your mom's house. Yeah. I don't know. I. It's one of those things that I see this guy and I'm like, why is he the most? He's 
always on the top 10 videos. Who and is it's he? this just really, to me, disturbing looking gentleman. Um, obviously gay. Okay. Um, no eyebrows, which is probably the most off putting thing to me. No eyebrows, and he's like a makeup tutorial specialist and mm. he has his own line of makeup. And he's always made up super, super like shiny, gaudy eye shadow, weird, bright colors and stuff. It's basically like that. So Tilda Swinton's character in this movie is probably a big fan of Jeffree Star. And Man, makeup is so is such a foreign concept to me. It's yeah. so like I couldn't I can't even I can't even consider making myself I can't even I get, I can't even get out of bed and like comb my hair. You know, I could never think <laughs> enough about my my looks to to put on makeup. That blows my mind. I think about like yeah, I could make myself look a lot better if I wore makeup because you know, I always got some red spot or come some weird breakout going on. Cum stains all over the yeah. place. But the trade off is just not worth it. Uh uh-uh. uh. No. Yeah, you can't dress this pig up. Yeah. Yeah. Um put lipstick on it. Anyway, she's she's gloriously weird. She is a Buddhist, I guess, and she's doing like sword practice. She's got her samurai sword. Very much like the character in the Walking Dead Michonne. Yeah. That has the samurai sword. She's just there to be a badass and be fucking weird. Yeah. Um, heavy, heavy Scottish accent. And then also has one of the best scenes where she's making up these two dead bodies. And they're, she's making them up, not to like look realistic, but basically to look like her. Yeah. With this bright, like, aquamarine and, and like, shiny yellow eyeshadow. <laughs> and, uh, Anyway, she's she's great. She's um, great in the movie. And the ending, which is probably one of the more meta things in the movie with the ending of her character, is an alien spaceship comes and takes her back to her home planet. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, because that's the correct way to use Tilda Swinton is a super fucking weird character that feels very alien yeah. in every way. She's, and then they just comment on that by saying that, yep, she was an alien, bye. I feel like she's <laughs> underappreciated. Like, she's very appreciated, but I don't feel like... I don't feel like we could appreciate Tilda Swinton enough. Right. Because she is so uniquely strange to look at and has such a unique talent for acting. Yeah. is It's just... She's, she's fascinating in everything that she does. Right. She's... My my favorite one of my favorite um, roles that she had was in Constantine. She was the Angel Gabriel. Oh, that's right. It was I don't know. I just love that that they cast Angel Gabriel as Tilda Swinton, and then uh, oh, Star Wars, excellent fiction. Excellent. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> she takes a, she borrows Adam Driver's car, and Adam Driver has a, a Star Wars keychain on it. Which I did, for some reason, I didn't even connect to like, oh yeah, Adam Driver is Kylo Ren from Star Wars. <gasps> oh, wow. I didn't even make that connection either. That's I mean, weird. I, I thought of that several times. Yeah. Like, yeah, he's carrying around a sword. I mean, we've seen him kill Han Solo. Yeah. Spoilers. Um, 
but yeah, she takes the keychain and she just notices it's Star Wars and she goes, Oh, Star Wars. Excellent fiction. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's it's a uh, real good stuff. I think we've mentioned this already, but it feels very, very much akin to Coen Brothers. Like, if you like Coen Brothers or Wes Anderson, it's yeah. a very similar feel to this. The dialogue's real dry, and it's given room to breathe, and it, it results in some great matter-of-fact moments. Um, the Star Wars one we mentioned, um, <laughs> they're driving along, and Bill Murray mo- notices this zombie girl in a tennis outfit, and he goes... Tennis girl's kind of cute. <laughs> <laughs> and then the other one was, oh, they're driving by the kids raiding the mini, the zombie kids raiding the mini mart, and and Bill Murray goes, I know those kids, but they're all dead. <laughs> it's like, I mean, how? It, it, I just appreciate. Yeah. This movie creates a world in which that line can be delivered. The subtlety of of what that insinuates, like of what Like that line could be in a a, a movie made by Tommy Wiseau. <laughs> like very easily. I know those kids, but they're all dead. Right. It's But for some reason it really works in this movie yeah. delivered by Bill Murray. Yeah. Um so let's let's uh, kind of wrap up and talk about the ending. We're already over an hour. Um, so <laughs> Bill Murray turns to Adam Driver and he's like, "Why do you keep saying this isn't going to end well?" Yeah, because like, you seem so certain. It's his it's his staple throughout. Yeah, and uh, Adam Driver's response is, "I've read the script." Yeah, yeah. Jim gave me the script. Yeah. I read the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't read the script? <laughs> and Bill Murray, uh, his response is like, no, I only read our scenes. <laughs> he says, I've done so much for that guy. You don't even know. Yeah. What an asshole. <laughs> what a dick. <laughs> That's what he says. <laughs> so what it's like, dick. wraps it up in a super, super meta way. Um, as Adam Driver predicts, it does not end well for them. I mean, it's a, a zombie movie. You can either go one of two ways. They get away or they don't. And... You know, you're kind of told what what is going to be at the end. Um, and then the it wraps it up with an end monologue by Hermit Bob or um, Tom Waits saying, "The remnants of the materialistic people. Guess they've all been zombies. I guess they've been zombies all along. Yeah. And then uh, all them ghost people lost their souls, just hungry for more stuff. And it's uh, oh, I get chills just thinking about that. Yeah, it's. It's really great. Please go see this movie. Yeah. Support support really, truly great horror cinema. Yeah. If you like unique storytelling, unique visions of, of uh, you know, commenting on old tropes and stuff, go see this movie. I mean, it's like, it gets me so frustrated when people watch Hereditary or, or something like this movie. And you're like, oh, it's so slow. Ugh. It wasn't scary at all. Nothing ever happens. It's like, no, it wasn't. It's not even a good zombie movie. There's barely any kills by the zombies. Look, if you're not scared by this movie, you don't understand what they're talking about. Right. Like, just plain and simple. Because the things that are on the screen, not scary. It's what they're insinuating 
That's what's scary. And frankly, what this movie insinuates is scarier than what any other movie could possibly insinuate. So, right. so no, this is not a this is not going to spook you and make you scared. But let me tell you, you should be scared by what this movie's talking about. Right. So, who would like this movie? Anybody who's a fan of Meta. Yeah, you know if you if you have uh, an appreciation for yeah, tongue in cheek, if you like Shaun of the Dead or Zombieland, like I, and have kind of a more indie skew, like you would really appreciate this movie. If you want to take, if you got somebody in your life who's you know doesn't have their ear to the ground for cinema, and just impress the shit out of them with with cameo after cameo after cameo of <laughs> impressive. And somewhat obscure movie movie stars, you know, Danny Glover standing next to Bill Murray in 2019 is a sight to behold, and it will make anybody in your life go, "Whoa, this is Danny Glover and Bill Murray yeah. standing together?" And there's Adam Driver. Oh, and Steve Buscemi's in the shot. Like, it's just a weird uh, uh, kind of like Easter egg of a movie that really. Yeah. Keeps delivering impressive stuff. Um, so, yeah, go see it. Please tell everyone about it. It deserves to be watched. Nine out of ten. Yeah. Definitely. Okay, let's get into taglines. Okay, taglines is, is a bit where we come up with alternate taglines for the movie that we are reviewing. <laughs> All right, I'll go first. The dead don't die. The city is headed for a disaster of biblical proportion. What do you mean, biblical? What he means is Old Testament, Mr. Yes. Mayor. Real wrath of God type stuff. Exactly. Fire and brimstone coming down from the skies. Rivers and seas boiling. Forty years of darkness, earthquakes, volcanoes. The dead rising from the grave. Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together. Mass hysteria. <laughs> Ghostbusters. Mm -hmm. That's great. Uh, the dead don't die. We are the future we were afraid we were afraid of. We're living That's a it. Good one, yeah. The dead don't die, like Fargo, but with zombies. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. All right. The dead don't die. The latest promotional campaign for Sturgill Simpson. The dead don't die. <laughs> the dead don't die. Fuck Farmer Miller. <laughs> Of course Tom Waits is the only survi survivor of the zombie apocalypse. <laughs> that makes perfect sense. <laughs> All right, that was taglines. All right, let's get into horror, sorry. Horror movie news. This just so there've been a couple cool things that have come across that uh, my feed mm. that, you know, I see lots of stuff about horror movie news, but n none of it is super interesting to me to usually, share with people. Usually a bunch of fucking lists and shit. Yeah. Um, but one 
And if it's super interesting, I'll post it on our social media. So follow us on Facebook or Twitter. Um, first item, Steven Spielberg's creating a horror show that you can only watch at night. Yeah, I saw this. So it's it's called like Steven Spielberg at night or something. It's something just some after dark or something like that. Inspired. But it's it's going to be on this weird proprietary streaming service that you know no one's going to want to buy. But the concept is uh, Steven Spielberg is actually going to write his own shorts, huh? and there's going to be a series of like ten or so. And, I mean, they're less than 20 minutes. It might be just a few minutes. Um, but you won't be able to watch them until, in your time zone, it's after midnight. Wow. Yeah. Wait, what is after midnight, Bryce? Because, I mean, you know, this is the gremlins thing, basically. After midnight could mean anything. It's a, such a great premise, because that's the ideal time to watch scary stories yeah and steven spielberg gets it senior spielbergo and i wonder what I, it, I think i think steven spielberg is forgotten and underappreciated with how good of a horror storyteller he is yeah he's he's well i mean he's one of the one of the best storytellers of our time right, right. uh i always say steven spielberg is the best director the best living director and I always get eye rolls like Steven Spielberg. But I'm like, dude, it's Steven Spielberg. Did you like, fucking you, see Jurassic Park? You could. Did watch, you see Jurassic Park? You could like take his catalog, and there's you could pick. There's very few movies out of his catalog that you could pick and say this could not make someone's entire career. Right. Like, if he just did Schindler's List, he would be a legendary director for all time if he didn't do any other movie that's of note. Yeah, it's really, Steven Spielberg's biggest problem is that he's Steven Spielberg. Right. Which is to say, he did Schindler's List and then followed it up with Jurassic Park. Was that the order? I don't I don't know. I think it yeah. was 91 and 92. I mean, but, but, he's got range. But that, imagine doing that. Yeah. It's... You can't top Schindler's. Oh, here's Jurassic Park. Like now, there's just now you've muddied the water with good stuff. Right. Now there's too much good stuff now. Yeah, the, there's another news item that I put didn't put in here, but Quentin Tarantino is really in talks and seriously considering a, a Star Trek, a rated R Star Trek feature that he wrote. Whoa! And that is so it feels so crazy. But basically, that's an, that's Steven Spielberg's entire career. A rated R Star Trek? Just doing completely disparate genres yeah. and like okay, different yeah. types. Of, I mean, Quentin Tarantino <laughs> has been very has been very consistent with the tone and types of movies he's made. Yeah. Lots of different genres, but really it's not it's the Quentin Tarantino right. version of that. Right. You know, Quentin Tar Tarantino's Western yeah. or Quentin Tarantino's war movie. Um Steven Spielberg just makes the greatest type of movie in that genre, and it's Whatever not it specific to him. He's just really good at storytelling. Jaws. <laughs> yeah, Jaws. There's Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Um, I just watched Hook on, uh, on TV the other day. I'm the like, best kid's movie. It's so good. <laughs> the best. <laughs> so that's If you watch that as a parent and as like a middle-aged person, it completely takes on a different... 
tone than okay. than when I watched it as a kid. Anyways, we've enough, sucked enough sucking. How much Steven Spielberg's dick right now? How much do you? If you're some small little streaming service, how much do you got? Like, how do you even get Steven Spielberg's attention? Yeah, well, like, I think it's his his friend runs it or something like that. Oh, this makes Anyways, sense. So that that'll be cool when that comes out. Um, second item. The Doctor Sleep trailer has come out. I know you haven't watched it because you never watch any trailers. Mm-mm. But this is the Shining sequel starring Ewan McGregor and directed by Mike Flanagan. I've seen side by sides of this of the trailer of this next to the shots of The Shining. Yeah, and it's alarming. Yeah, they re- they didn't use clips from The Shining. They recreated it, and it was alarming how close it was so is that what this movie is the, a recreation of the shining no it's it's the sequel so stephen king wrote dr sleep as a sequel to okay. the shining and it tells the story of danny as he's of an adult okay and it really explores the shine or like that that side of it a lot more um but from the looks of the trailer i don't know anything about it but from the looks of the trailer he revisits the the overlook hotel it'll be interesting it's i mean it's so ballsy to wade into the visual waters or even the storytelling waters of um of uh kubrick you know if you're you're talking about the best you know the best at producing well thought out, well produced visuals. Yeah, I don't think you know from the looks of it, it's not going to be trying to imitate Kubrick's film or Kubrick style. It's going to be its own thing and yeah. uh, pull visuals from the original when when they need it. But I mean, Mike Flanagan hasn't made a bad movie yet. That's true. So I'm I'm really Sorry, excited Dan. about seeing that. That's coming out November ninth. Um. <clears throat> Another item, Jordan Peele saw Midsummer, which yeah. is a movie that we're really excited about seeing. Um, I guess that's next month. Ari Aster. Yeah. That's in a couple of weeks. Um, and he was quoted as saying to Ari Aster, he texted him immediately after watching it, and he said, I think you've made the most idyllic horror film of all time. And in a... Oh, baby. <laughs> in a, uh interview between him and Ari Aster on... Um, yeah. I think it was The Hollywood Reporter, he said... I saw this. This hasn't existed yet. And anything after Midsummer is going to have to contend with it. I mean, this usurps The Wicker Man as the most iconic pagan movie to be referenced. My nipples are... High praise. Rock solid. Yeah. I'm super excited. There's There's a couple movies coming out from... Uh, oh God, <laughs> Jesus! He's he's pushing his t-shirt against his nipples, and they're literally erect. Mm. God, I am so. <laughs> oh. Drink it in. I just vomited in my mouth. No. Mm. So there's a couple great movies coming out that um, from directors that I really like their last film. So there's a new movie from. The woman that directed The Babadook, which has gotten a lot of buzz around basically how horrifying it is and how uh, graphic it is. Um, and then, uh, what's the other one? There's another one. Oh, another one coming out by the director of The Witch. The, okay. The Lighthouse, starring um, the Green Goblin. 
Oh, uh-huh. um, yeah. Uh, uh, um, God damn it. Wow, this is going to drive me nuts. Um, Willem Dafoe. Willem Dafoe. Thank you. God damn it. Uh. Uh, and who's who's the other guy? It was Willem Dafoe and some other young actor. Uh, you know, we really prepare. We really prepare for each episode. Oh, Robert Pattinson. Robert Pattinson, Willem Dafoe. Okay. I'm excited to see that. Um, <clears throat> and then finally, Blumhouse announced that they're going to do a Black Christmas remake. Yeah. Another Black Christmas Another remake. Another one. They just did one, like... In 12? 2012? Yeah, 2012. Something like that. Um, and it's going to be released this December. Wow. Like, mid, mid-December... That'll be interesting. On Friday the 13th. That's That'll be interesting to see um, what they say. Definitely got the uh, Black Christmas. If you're not familiar, we do have an episode reviewing the original Black, Black Christmas. and um, That movie is revered in, yeah. in horror circles, and I could not enjoy it. It's historic for a couple reasons. Uh, it, uh, it's not the first to do the he's in the house, the killer's in the house thing, but it's definitely... It's probably the most notable. The most notable. And then also, it did start the seasonal horror movie trend. Yeah. So, if you don't know, Halloween, the original Halloween was originally intended to be a sequel to Black Christmas. Right. Yes. So, Black Christmas is an iconic movie, although really slow by our standards today. Yeah. Um, and and it could work really well, like if it was done well. <laughs> But I don't know. Uh, yeah. Blumhouse has some real impressive hits and some real just whiffs. What are the whiffs? In um, your mind? We just recently saw one that was a pretty pretty big whiff. I can't remember. What was it, it Escape Room? Was that a Blumhouse one? I no, I don't think so. Or the Prodigy? No, we just saw it. Like within the last, what were what, what were the last couple episodes we've done? Uh, we did the perfection. Oh, it was Get Out. Get no, out. I'm sorry. <laughs> Not Get Out, Ma. I'm sorry. Oh, Ma. Yeah, yeah. That was Blumhouse. Yeah, I see. I like that one though. Yeah, I know you do. I, I, I really didn't. Um, to me, that's anyway. A- so, I mean, I think Blumhouse is is just basically looking at the success that they had from the Halloween reboot. And they're like, yeah, let's reboot iconic horror movies and update them for today. Yeah, and we'll make a billion dollars. Um, anyway, so that's horror movie news. Um, if you've got anything you want us to talk about or anything you're excited about, drop us a line. So you've wasted another hour listening to two schlubs talk about horror movies, uh, but we hope you've enjoyed it. If you did, please share the podcast with a friend. You know people that like horror movies, or even if you just frequent, you know, subreddits around horror or... Pages oh, or stuff around horror. You want to talk about like, we owe you big time? You share our posts on... share. Get onto our website, Horror Movie Talk, grab one of the posts, and share it to some subreddit. Yeah. Oh, baby, I, me love you long time. And My if you... nipples are so... Jesus. If you are a Redditor, we do have a subreddit, r slash Horror Movie Talk. Uh, you can subscribe to us there. Um, also, just the plugs that we already mentioned, just again, Shudder. Use code HMT at checkout. Get a 30-day 30 30 free trial. Instead of that stupid seven-day free trial. Get out of here. Fuck that seven days. Get out days. of here, seven-day. 
Seven days in horror. Shit. You're not welcome in this house. Uh, go to horrormovietalk.com. Click on the buttons in the banner. You got two choices. You got Amazon Associates. You can just spend on what you're going to spend on Amazon anyways. Whether it's uh, renting a horror movie that we mentioned, or buying your favorite Blu-ray of Night of the Living Dead, that or massive uh, that massive butt plug you were gonna yeah, or buying grab. that banana tree holder that you've been meaning to buy, um, just do that. Or if you want to be a much more direct and get even more sweet, sweet content, mm. become a patron on Patreon. This month will be the last month that you can get the coveted tier of Horror Movie Talk founding member. Wow, we just transported into an alternate universe. (laughs) Uh, As a Horror Movie Talk founding member, you will get all of the ongoing perks of future tiers as long as you stay a patron. This includes after pods, mini pods. We have a mini pod on Chernobyl. Probably as stuff comes out or TV series or horror-adjacent uh, content, we might do a little mini-episode and post it to Patreon, Patreon uh, and any other extra content we produce. Uh, get in while the getting's good. Also, this month we have a special offer. Receive a custom sticker made special by Horror Movie Talk. It's nice. It's vinyl. It's HMT, baby. Hey, baby. So, special thanks to our current patrons... And uh, we've mentioned them before. We have a supporters page on HorrorMovieTalk.com. You can see them all listed out. And if you want to get your ego stroked, become a patron. We'll put you up there. Yeah, this is a free podcast, y'all. And it does cost us a decent amount of money to go see movies and keep the lights on. Yep. So, Also, special thanks to Benevolent Badger for our horror movie news bumper music. The Benevolent Badger or the King of All Badgers? That's both. Oh, okay. I think his website is the Benevolent Badger. I think he also calls himself the King of All Badgers. That would make sense. Yeah. Those Badgers, they have a lot of titles. Yeah. If you search Benevolent Badger online, you can access him and get him to write stuff for you. So that is Horror Movie Talk for today. We'll see you next week. And if you're a patron, uh, check your Patreon feed for the Afterpod that we're just going to record. Fresh new Afterpod. See ya. Wouldn't want to be ya. Bye. I love you. Bye-bye. I've changed my mind. I think I would want to be you.